0: I think it's a shame, had my son uh, with a PhD degree I uh, choose to do that, you know, I would delete him from my family tree. <laughs> that's too
1: harsh. <laughs> I hope you're just joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm serious because uh, first of all, that's a mismatch of uh, resources. You know, where is the creativity? Where is the drive for innovation? If, you know, the best educated people choose to have a stable, and decent job, uh, without much pressure.
2: I think this might be a global phenomenon, but I agree that this, this notion of a PhD getting a job as a police officer, or a chungguan, which is even a lower level than a police officer, is still an amazing thing. It's kind of sad in a way. You would think there would be better hopes for someone with such talent, but uh, I don't know. They're under very new realities, especially under COVID.
3: It should be we who define what we do and not what we do define who we are. So actually, the civil service we are talking here, I don't think it is lowly at all. Because occupation for me is quite an open concept and we can add new elements into this concept constantly.
1: The Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge.
2: The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way.
1: Welcome to The Chat Lounge. I'm Tiyun. Our topic today is whether it's a waste of talent for a college graduate with a doctorate or a master's degree to become a chengguan or urban management officer. Joining our chat today are... Dr. Liu Baocheng, Director of the Center for International Business Ethics at Beijing's University of International Business and Economics. David Moser, Associate Professor at Beijing Capital Normal University and Chen Xi, PhD candidate at East China Normal University in Shanghai. Welcome to the show. Well, Beijing's Chaoyang District. The capital city's most populous district has drawn wide attention recently as it recruited over 200 university graduates, 95% of whom have either a PhD or a master's degree, um, mainly for lowly government jobs. Well, the most eye-catching one is a graduate with a doctorate degree from Peking University, one of China's two most prestigious universities the student will become a chengguan or urban management officer, as we just mentioned. Usually, people can't see any relevance between a doctoral graduate with chengguan because the latter is the lowest level law enforcer in the city and to some extent has become unpopular with the public due to the rough treatment of street vendors by some chenguan over the past few decades. So, Let's start with um, Chen Xi, who's a PhD candidate. What was your first reaction upon hearing the news? Have you yourself or your classmates ever thought about becoming a Chen Guan someday?
3: Well, to be honest, I I was not very surprised when hearing the news. Uh, Well, some people might feel it's, uh, it's overqualified for a doctorate in physics to be an urban management officer. Well, maybe others will feel like as long as one can feel viewed it doesn't really matter what degree she or he might hold but from my point of view i I think this phenomenon or this news actually reflect a career change or even we could say revolutions in the future because currently we we have the kind of like energy revolutions or we say industry revolutions but since that we are experiencing currently a professional revolution uh, nowadays we used to kind of um hold a stereotype that there should be fixed patterns or codes of conduct for certain works or occupations. But when we have the technology getting integrated into our life, so being an urban management officer means not only like patrolling on the street, which traditionally might, might I think about, but adding more like technological elements into the work itself. So even for college students with a PhD degree, we might someday take up an occupation that is totally unpredictable or unexpected. Uh,
1: Nowadays, that's understandable. But let's narrow down to yourself. Have you ever thought about becoming a chungkwan someday, or picture, you know?
3: Yeah, well, I, I do have friends who, who who you know who took part in the uh, the uh, urban management officer examination, and finally she uh, she actually uh, chose another kind of like degree. But for me, I'm kind of open to to the uh, you know the, the choice of uh, my occupations in in the future, and that really depends on what I can contribute in that work or in that occupation.
1: Good to know that you're so open-minded. And David, I also noticed at least one student with a master's degree from your school on the recruitment list. So have you ever talked to your students and checked if they ever thought about becoming a (laughs) Chengguan?
2: I've never heard one express that ambition. Uh, I did, in fact, um, just coincidentally... uh, Last uh, last week, because uh, everything was kind of in lockdown a little bit, so uh, I just spent most of my classes just, just talking about the students, about their future. So I actually coincidentally had some discussions about their, their future. Uh, most of them, because at the school where I teach, most of them are preparing to be teachers because it's a, a normal university. So most people who enter that university are, are prepared to be a teacher. But there are others that I surprisingly, when I talked to them, uh, they were saying they were trying to think of there might be some other uses for their English than just just being a teacher. Uh, I think for for me, it's kind of interesting because I've been comparing China and the U.S. in this way over the past few decades. And it seemed to me that um, one of the reasons that uh, these high class graduates take a job like the cheng officer or something uh is that uh the only really steady jobs that that have uh sick job security and a predictability these days more and more are jobs in in government in administration administration uh the so-called iron rice bowl you know the that, that used to be exist because uh a lot of the large corporations and multinational corporations that people used to flock to they now don't have this this promise of a lifetime of uh, employment and job security and promotions and then retirement packages that's almost disappeared and for me what's interesting is to see that 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 long ago disappeared in the united states uh, no no graduating uh, american even with a high degree is going to think that a, a, a large company is going to take them under its wing and take care of them for the net, for the rest of their lives. So, people have given up on that. But uh, there are we do see similar things in the, in the United States. So people with uh, a high degree end up ends up working for the post office, which is a little bit like Chengguan. You know, very low level, perf- perfunctory duties. But it's it's a job that has uh, job security, predictability, uh, low pressure. Um, good uh, health insurance and so on and so forth. So I think that, uh, and I've heard a lot of parents, Chinese parents have sort of encouraged their kids when they graduate to, to just get a job that's an iron rice bowl so they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, just survival. Um, so I, I think this might be a global phenomenon, but I agree that this this notion of a PhD getting a job as a police officer, Uh, or a chungguan, which is even a lower level than a police officer, is still an amazing thing. It's kind of sad in a way. Um, You would think that there would be better hopes for someone with such talent. But uh, I don't know. They're under very new realities, especially under COVID.
1: So you're you're saying that uh, in uh, the United States, if a doctoral graduate from Harvard uh, chooses an entry-level government job, uh, that won't make any headlines anymore.
2: Uh, well, it would if it were d- if a doctorate from Harvard. Now that that's a little ridiculous. But <laughs> they would think, you know, why would all this go to Harvard and get a PhD and you're going to work? But but an undergraduate from Harvard or an undergraduate from a, a, a second tier university, getting a job at the post office would not be uh, would not be unusual at all. You know, I my daughter uh, is a good example in the United States. She just graduated the last year. With a degree at uh, at at CUNY uh, CUNY in New York State University, the City University of New York, uh, with a degree in um, in graphic design and fine arts. So, that's a good college. It's famous. Um, It's pretty prestigious. If it were a normal sort of job market, she would have graduated, and she would immediately have lots of job offers working for you know, uh, for, for internet sites, for magazines, uh, for, uh, advertising agencies and, you know, various uh, sorts of places that might want her. She's having a very hard time finding anything like a reasonable job that offers job security. And so she's basically done, not exactly chengguan work, but she's basically been looking for, uh, work, uh, doing, uh, planting and, and, uh, planting and growing things in agriculture uh, as part of a, a, a food chain corporation that just needs people to, to work to, to, to uh, grow vegetables and plants and help distribute them to the market, which is totally different from her degree, it has nothing to do with her degree. But she kind of likes the idea because the people are friendly, it's close to the earth, it's something different than she's done before, it's not so stressful, and you know they want her. They think we, you know, they really need her, and so she doesn't have to. So she, she's just going to try this. But my daughter did something a little bit similar, you know, getting a graduate, getting a degree in fine arts, and then working uh, as a farmer. <laughs> that's that's almost as crazy.
1: It's such a phenomenon, um, quite common among her like peers, or
2: oh yeah, oh yeah. I think one of the reasons that. Uh, And I think in China, this is true, too. I've met many, many Chinese uh, graduates uh, and Americans uh, working in China that they their first job, they don't have very much uh, ambition for their first job. They don't really care if it pays a lot. They don't really care if it has a great deal to do with their with their qualifications. What they want is some kind of flexible, interesting job that gives them a chance to meet other people, to learn new things. Uh, to just be part of the scene, and basically that, that uh, gives them a, a lot of freedom to choose. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, have gotten used to to in the COVID nineteen uh, economy to working at home, uh, to working uh, part time, to working flex hours, as we call it. You know, so they're really attracted to jobs that don't put a lot of time restraints on them and let them leave them free to explore other things and also jobs that and this is very important for young people jobs that involve a cohort of young people the same age as them that they can work with and and it becomes uh, sort of their their family or their friendship circle uh people that they can depend on that that's also extremely important uh for at least american uh students
1: Mm. And, and Baocheng, Cheng, um, if a student or a graduate from your university with a doctoral degree applies for a Chengguan job or post, do you see it as a you know something sad as um, David just mentioned, or why do you think such an issue grabs so much attention in China?
0: I think it's a shame. Had my son with uh, a PhD degree, I uh, chose to do that. You know, I would delete him from my family tree. That's then, too. That's
1: too <laughs> harsh. <laughs> I hope you're just joking.
0: <laughs> well, I'm serious because, uh, first of all, that's a mismatch of uh, resources. Uh, government family has invested in you uh, in in uh, in you so much. It's like you know you are uh, using your uh, Mercedes to uh, serve as a pickup. So that's a waste of uh, resources both socially and personally and the other is that uh, you know particularly in china you know, people with higher degrees are still very scarce resources uh, at the moment yes if you learn you know the urban zoning and uh, uh land merriment etc you know if that really fits why not of course on a personal freedom of choice Uh, You know, you can either uh, to choose to uh, join the government office or even you can choose to be a social worker or boss boy at uh, any restaurant. That's fine. But uh, the problem is that uh, if you have more choices to exercise more of the one that is being invested and then you choose such a low end job, what is the driver behind it? Is that you are looking for? Uh, something that is more stable, you're looking for something that is more decent, you are looking for higher income and uh, iron rice ball, etc. So this is selfish in the first place. And you're not really you know, exercising your potential to contribute to society and also to achieve yourself. And this is something that I would really uh, discourage and I get really exasperated uh, at this. And then it really points to another, I should say, macro issues. Whether you know people with higher degrees have more choices, and so this is something that is worrisome on a social level. And uh, right now, when economy is uh, on a downturn, and yes, pressure for housing and for any other living expenses uh, are st- uh, on the rise. Yes, people choose uh, you know, to have more stability, predictability, and that's understandable. But they, you know, for the uh, governors and uh, uh, administrators, this is something that really reminds them that uh, you they got to do something to be able to unleash uh, more opportunities for social mobility. You know, for youngsters, if they just wanted to have just a first-hand experience, uh, that's fine. But now, if you look at these people, they wanted to stay put on such sort of career track, which does not really move uh, very long. And so, if you talk about other people, yes, you know, let it be. But uh, if it comes to you, I think you know, you raised a very uh, important uh, uh, question and challenging question to to uh, our lady guest. So, would you be able to do that? And so, this is something that. It's really concerning.
1: So you're saying that uh, those, I mean, 90% of the employed applicants uh, in Chaoyang have either a PhD or a master's degree. You're saying all of them are after this post or this job just because they want job security or they're forced to do so.
0: Uh, I checked actually uh, their uh, broad salary level. That's like uh, 150,000 RMB per annum. And uh, even more, of course, you know, that's very tempting to make a a choice of uh, personal interest pursuit. That's uh, something understandable. But uh, to all the talent uh, they have acquired, to all the educational inputs uh, that was uh, uh, exercised by the family and by the society, that doesn't really, uh, you know, give any sort of... uh, Uh, justification for them to stay put in such a sort of a a job position. Because, you know, for example, you know, someone who learned biology, someone who learned the uh, philosophy, so why should they do such sort of job? So this is something that I do not feel happy with. And plus, that if you look at the Tsinghua uh, graduates last year, you know, 70% of them end up either in the government offices or uh, with the state-owned enterprises is all the job stability that really prevails the social vitality so you know where is the creativity where is the drive for innovation if you know the best educated people choose to have a stable and decent job uh, without much pressure And where is entrepreneurship and where is the, you know, cutting edge technology that can be available? So those who really, you know, have the uh, PhD, they are trained by any world standard to do more of the research and teaching to produce more knowledge than to do such a low end job.
1: But it, there is also this argument, it's not every, you know, Tsinghua or Beida graduate has to be an entrepreneur. Chen um, Xi, who's, I think, yeah. about the same age of Bao Cheng's son. What do you have to say to, to Bao Cheng, someone who's of, of the age of your probably parents?
3: Well, I think it should be we who, just, who define what we do and not what we do define who we are. So actually, the the civil service we are talking here, I don't think it is lowly at all, because occupation for me is quite an open concept, and we can add new elements into this concept constantly. The figure here, we have the 95% of, um, you know, employed applicants. The figure exactly depicts what we just said about that the graduates of young generations, they are trying to find their positions in the current employment market. So traditionally speaking, we tend to say like a doctorate in physics, she or he should stay in laboratory for maybe a lifetime. And people like me, who who, is actually studying international relations, will definitely become a researcher in college, writing papers and books only. But however, today we are living actually in a society full of dynamics. And each kind of work or occupations we are talking about contains the kind of the room of potential and possibilities. So it means as well that we need more abilities to adapt the work in the future. So for me, the kind of the occupation, it is quite an open concept. And we can actually contribute to the content of this uh, occupation.
1: I I think you made a a very good point. You should be the ones to define or you decide what you do. It's not what you do defines you. The Chat
2: Lounge Mm The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way.
1: Bao there is also this argument. If, you know, we've got more higher educated uh, graduates in the entry level of the government, they could also raise the bar of government work. Doesn't that, that make any sense to you?
0: Well, uh, I, I would bet that... Uh Uh, the government office can lower their bar uh, instead of they are there to raise the the government office bar. Because, you know, the personal creativity and uh, initiative is uh, very low uh, if they are put in such type of culture. People individually are very vulnerable to the uh, environment. So they may have the ambition to change, but uh, they can easily get diluted. Look at our uh, president Xi. So he he was a stellar leader anywhere, but uh, you know, would you expect him to stay in Liangjiahe or you know uh, to serve a, as a village head? So he, if anyone has the No, he potential he was there. To,
1: it's he's just moved up the ladder I mean, after years of of uh, working at the grassroots level, right?
0: Exactly. I mean, what we talk about is. What is the motivation? the motivation for him is that okay he gained the experience of course you know at that time he didn't have much choice either and he he is resolved to move higher along the career ladder to serve the people at large. But uh, if you examine truly sincerely of uh, the motivation of most of these people, they look for job security they look for more relaxed, the work environment, not really there to uh, gain the right type of experience to move forward. So this is there that makes a vast ocean of difference among the drivers behind a person that whether they want to go higher or not.
1: Hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, this uh, Yale graduate named uh, Qin Yuefei who's graduated from Yale in, I think in 2000, back in um, 2011. And he's been serving as a village chief in the countryside of uh, central China's Hunan province since his graduation. And um, he once said rural areas of China are a, a blue sea. Someone should come here and help farmers to create wealth. Actually, he he also is actually dedicating or devoting himself to the grassroots level of, of the country. And uh, do you do you see, you know, that it's actually some also some entrepreneurialship you uh, you mentioned before? Isn't that but any similarity? Story.
0: I really admire such a guy mm. uh, who is really, really there to burn their passion to do something they really like. It's not. To, uh, something that they really look for job security or decent pay or relaxed work environment. So, you know,
1: so you're I saying would, nobody, yeah, I would, I would, no, no one yeah, from a Qinghua I, I would, or would, Beida would like the job of a changwa you know, to keep keep things uh, tidy or in order on the street.
0: Yeah, I'm really inquiring into the true motivation for them to do so. Is it really the passion or is it something that is of a self-interest for stability? So, you know, I would applaud if someone go to the, you know, the uh, sub-Sahara area and spend 10 years with the, with the lion or with a giraffe to, to study, you know, their behavior. That would be great. And also, you know, for people who have the passion to go to the villages and go to the yeah, even the uh, asylums and the suburban areas of any other poor country, uh, that's very uh, you know laudable. But uh, that's why I really wanted to inquire: what really is the driver behind them? Is it's a passion? It's a creativity? It's trying some trying uh, something that is very new, challenging, and exciting and in contrast with stability and, you know, inertia.
1: But you cannot deny that their participation in the grassroots-level urban management team will actually definitely bring some changes, right?
0: Uh, Well, you know, hopefully uh, they can do so, but uh, from my observation over uh, these people, you know, if it's really temporary, uh in the working over there they may bring more fresh ideas and innovation and plus when they are lucky enough that the local uh, management or communities are able to be receptive enough to new ideas and new way of doing things that's fine but many of them are really frustrated but i do encourage such a subtle try but uh, for the chaoyang district come back to the issue for the chaoyang district uh, issue that's a different story i mean you know this is not really for them to have a try. They are designing the career, but particularly for, for a PhD students, for example, uh, most of them, they feel that they do not have much choices in their career. And so therefore, you know, they choose to have a stable one uh, so that they can have more uh, flexibility to uh, manage their own life, etc. Again, you know, on a personal level, there's nothing that's denounceable, but uh, on a social level, that's a waste. It's, you know, it's all a matter of, you know, whether your passion, whether your capability is, uh, are able to match what is required for the job. So that really uh, matters. For example, you know, for, for people who graduate from my university who is doing international trade, is Chaoyang doing international trade? Now, I, I do not think so. And there are, are also people from the Academy of uh, Diplomacy or Foreign Affairs etc. So if you do not exercise uh, more or less immediately w- of what you have learned, you're going to lose all the knowledge and become so much disseminated at the lower end. So that's something I really worry about my, my students also.
1: David, what's your response? Do you think it's a waste?
2: Well, I agree largely with what uh, Professor Lee is saying. Um, I think I can see many examples of that uh, in my country and in other places i mean think of how many people for example get a go to all the trouble of getting a law degree and then many of these young people will graduate and then uh, start doing pro bono work uh, for free to help out uh, in legal cases in disadvantaged communities or in poor areas uh, you know someone who could be making a lot of money as soon as he grad he or she graduates is is using their talents and skills and what they've learned for something good but it's certainly not making money uh, doctors do the same thing. you know there are many doctors who practice a while and then they actually can sometimes go to a, to a different country, go to an African country. When I was younger, um, many people would get their PhD at University of Michigan where I was and then go into the Peace Corps. So they were using their skills uh, in other lands uh, to help undeveloped countries and, and to just basically give them basic skills. So I really agree if, if you're doing that, if you're if you're using your your PhD to help somebody or help a disadvantaged group or um, help the society in some way, sacrificing uh, your own financial career, that's that's admirable. I think that's a wonderful thing to do, and, and that's where what you choose to do actually is defines who you are, <laughs> is your, your humanitarian, right? But there's there's one thing that we haven't mentioned, and I think. It needs needs mentioning because we're all in academia. You know, we all are pro- teachers and, learn, and students and professors and so on. Uh, my experience in academia is that very often people who who study to to a high level of a master or a PhD, then when they graduate, they find that that it's very very difficult to stay in the field or in the exact area that, in which you spent the last you know five six seven years attaining. There just aren't that many good jobs, or or jobs that you would you would want to take in academia. And usually, you're forced to go to places you really don't want to go to, work for less than you really should, and most of the time, you end up just teaching, uh, being a uh, assistant to another teacher, and you know, doing low-level work. This is a problem. People who are very good, who graduate from Tsinghua, from Beida, the ones who are really dedicated they are going to struggle to find a a good university and they're going to be dedicated to their work. But of course, they're never going to make lots of money. They're never going to be the most uh, largest wage earners. And uh, they're going to have to spend their time doing a lot of other things that we have to do administratively that aren't that much fun and aren't really much part of their job. So there is a problem, I think, faced by lots of people that I know my fellow uh, classmates at, at Michigan and, and the people I know at Harvard that graduated with a very high degree and had very, very, uh, had high aspirations and dreams of, of using this knowledge to, to do research and to write books, but, but just were unable to find any jobs. Uh, and then they ended up doing other things on the side simply because academia is uh, a very crowded field. There aren't a lot of tenured jobs just everywhere. And if you want to, if you think you get a PhD, you can get a tenured job at Beida or Harvard or Oxford just right out of a PhD school, then you're crazy. I mean, it's very, 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 very competitive. And I think that's that's kind of a problem that people that get high degrees face. Like, how am I going to really use my degree? So Many of these people might just give up, which would make Professor Lee, uh, you know, that's what he despairs of. But um, you know, I think some of these people just have a very hard time in this uh, or in this uh, new environment to find something, an academic job that, that is is uh, commensurate with their their qualifications and their degree. It'd be very very difficult. How many New York City cab drivers have PhDs? That's a question you should ask. If you'll go to New York City and take a cab, you'll find a lot of people who are Ph.D. students driving cabs.
1: Um, well, but but these um, graduates in China District or in, I would say, increasing parts of uh, China, they're not a- – doing some jobs like a cab driver. They are doing some administrative um, management, as you just mentioned. And I would share with you um, a story or or some experience I've had over the past uh, few days. It's that, um, you know, as Beijing has been conducting this uh, massive um, nucleic acid uh, test, there's a lot of um, mistakes on this I don't know how to how to call it in in English but uh, there were a lot of false alarms appearing on our phones but when we I try to tra- call
2: it false positive
1: yeah. False positive po- n- no false it's positive. not positive it's just a, some alarm it doesn't mean you're positive I, I'm not sure if you've oh, experienced tanshan? that yes the Chuan, right Yeah, I mean,
2: they, and, get a, they get an alert they get an alert on their own mm,
1: right our, our, yeah our, our, it's our. just kind of a false alert um, when I try to solve this problem with um, trying to find some um, community level government uh, w- worker, I made a lot of calls, but they told me that it can not be solved until you did some um, tests, the nucleic acid tests. I think twice, is at least twice in three days. But actually, it's it's false. I didn't, um, you know, go to this um, high risk area. It's just because we are we were located close to that area, and um, then. One day, when I made one call to, I think this hotline 12345 to solve um, problems faced by um, citizens, there was this one employee, and she's very clear minded. And after I told her about what I experienced, she then went, I think she was checking the computer as well, the database. And then she said, Yes, your number was not in, in this pool, actually, that there's something wrong with the data. And then helped solve this problem the second, I think that evening, very efficiently. And obviously, she's not um, a local Beijinger, I can tell from her accent. And she was one of the you know low-level government workers or employees here in Beijing. It doesn't matter the motivation, what made her to work on this position as long as she does her best when she stays on this position i think that will change will bring actually bring a lot of changes to our society um chen well, i don't know me, what's your p- yeah. sure
0: well let me interrupt okay you know if i'm go- if i'm assigned to to go to the countryside to grow watermelon or potatoes i believe i can do better than the farmers Mm -hmm. you know with more education with more of my social resources but by being a professor and training so many talents and then uh you know i feel that my potential is being more taken advantage of by the society so of course what you what you are saying is that okay if you have you know higher degree if you have a better training and you can do a, a better job even at the uh a grassroots level as uh appears that's uh i do not have any disagreement over that but if you now if you refer to peter brocker who is really management guru he said nowadays it's professionalism you know those professional skills can uh can hardly be transferred if you're trained to uh to, uh, to explore the uh the space then you know, to explore the soil is a totally different story. It what I'm seeing is the mix mismatch of the right type of training uh, and right type of uh, resource investment into that person. That really is something that's exasperating.
1: But if there are not so many jobs for those those graduates with doctoral or master's degrees, can't they do well, that? Yes,
0: but that's. Yeah, that's the different. Well, they're under two conditions. Anyone can pick up the job. Uh, one is that when the country is facing crisis, you know, if we are invaded, you know, uh, you know, I, you and me can really join the army right away. Uh, so, regardless of our skills. And uh, if, on uh, you know, for COVID, if we are caught upon, we can be, you know, the uh, volunteer workers to deliver vegetables to those who are under a uh, lockdown. That's no problem. And then the other situation is that you have no choice. So the, the, the discerning issue is that why choice is getting more and more scarce. And this is something that, this, uh, you know, our uh, political leaders and our city mayors needs to really take full consideration into that. You know, so to compare with you know even three years before, those who really are there to pursue the uh, government service, uh, the career uh, were well far less. But right now, you know, uh, why is it really escalating? The uh, you know so fast. Are they really there to uh, you know? have everybody to care about uh the right type of career or is really the narrow down of their choices given the you know the downsizing uh trend of the companies given the uh, less pay to the researchers and teachers etc so it's something that we need a better social management to fully utilize or optimize the utility of resources. You know, given if you are a piece of wood, you can really burn it to produce you know, uh, some, some fire and you can really carve it to be a art craft so that they can have a better value. So this is something as a manager, both at the political and also at the business level, we should really consider. The Chat
2: Lounge. The chat lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way.
1: Chenxi, what was your response? Yeah, uh, like the
3: Professor Just mentioned, it's uh, it's really a, 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 like a question about career planning for, for students. So for young people around me, I, I think uh, each of them has his or her plan for, for the future. And um, uh, I, I, I do agree with, uh, with uh, Professor Moser uh, that um, education, we, we are all related or within the uh, academia. And education itself is, is, is an important part of the planning process for young people, for them to get fully prepared for their future. So whether for a master or PhD degree holders, the whole process of planning lasts three years, four years, seven years, or even even 11 years if we can't from the undergraduate period. And another problem that is really uh, important, like uh, uh, Professor Liu just mentioned, is what the society should do to get those young people better prepared. So what the society can do and, they, and, and it should do is to help our young people to understand and prepare them well for their future with training and information, et cetera. So the whole society is developing all the time nowadays, as well as the occupation. So young people will not step into the same footprint or shoes of their parents or even grandparents. And there's another thing that I think there are certain differences towards the understanding of rural area where we're talking here. I think nowadays the the rural area we are talking about is not a kind of backward part of the party or even a rural backwater we traditionally think about what a rural area should be. But actually the rural area we're talking about today is a place in our country full of possibilities. So for those college graduates who come to the rural area, it is not a forced or a compelled decision, just like you just mentioned the, the case, but more likely to be in, being in kind of the um, expedient or new opportunity or possibility for them. So, currently in China, the gap between rural and urban areas, we are saying, is kind of narrowly. So, even in some of the fourth or even fifth tiers of townships th- or villages here in China, develop- the development there is extraordinary and amazing. and it's quite different from the kind of thinking we traditionally hold what a rural area should be. So I think based on this kind of the changes, we're talking about the, the kind of the revolution or the changes in the kind of work and occupation our young people tend to choose in the future.
1: Mm, talking about China's uh, gr- vast uh, rural areas, uh, Bao do you think, um, you know, college graduates um, applying for jobs a grassroots level in rural china is also something you would call a waste.
0: Well, I think that really um, brings a very important question. I wouldn't call it a waste, but uh, you know, if they decided to to pick a rural job, that's great, but uh, why do they to uh, learn international diplomacy? Why do they learn uh, international trade? So this is something that, you know, uh, families and the uh, kids needs to have a good planning. You know, if my objective is to end up, you know, uh, dealing with the uh, uh, rural area, so why don't I go to the uh, you know, University of Agriculture? Why don't I go to the University of Forestry uh, or Geology or Information, etc.? So, you know, how they can really streamline uh, their, uh, uh, their uh, skills and their knowledge with what they want to do and this is something that is very much a gap you know uh, for parents and for the for the kids the other is that i do agree that uh, you know they, they should be, be uh, better uh, the kids should be better prepared one is that their value are they there to choose to contribute are they uh, uh, are they there to, in, to be encouraged to burn their passion their inspiration or simply to go for stability and comfort and second is that okay You know, given your career objective, uh, what is really needed uh, in the educational stage? So this is something that we need to get more integrated. Uh, You know, many of them on uh, very critical uh, stages, they get blindfolded. They don't know. I just wanted to go to the best brand university. And I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, in my lifetime. And then after their graduation from the Best Brand University, well, I don't know, no, you know, so this is uh, something that's really confusing.
1: Mm, I think it's a good reminder to, you know, all the graduates or to the parents. David, so you, you haven't uh, planned well or in uh, advance for your daughter.
2: Well, uh- <laughs> Yeah, I well, I agree. I agree with Professor Leo on this. That you know, I think that, that this is a manage. This is an issue of managing expectations and setting up the system so that the people have a goal, more goal-oriented education. The problem in the United States is it's just completely market-dominated. Uh, you know, the schools that are have a name have a better uh, have more have more applicants, so it's all market-based sort of thing, and everyone thinks. The higher your degree, the more the the better job you can get, and the more money you can make. Well, that's not necessarily true. So I think what what uh, Professor Liu is saying, um, you know, probably uh, in the United States as well, people need to have students need to have more realistic options, and they and they need to have more specific career trajectories. Which is like saying, all right, maybe you're interested in biology, but you know, you may not want to be an academic biologist in a laboratory. Studying evol- evolution or something like that. You might be one somebody who would like to work actually in agriculture to develop, uh, you know, different strains of, of, uh, of uh, Plants and soybeans and things that would you know, that might be something that would be gratifying to you, but also would be useful to the country um, The other thing is of course, uh, I don't know if, if this guy from the Chaoyang district with a PhD who wants to be in the Chengguan is going to do that forever but my daughter is in the United States. Many of these people, it's not. this is not a matter of a career path. Usually they when they graduate and they work at something like this, what they want is more experience in the real world. That's all they really want. They want something that exactly. gives them a, a feeling of what real life in, in society and culture is like. And using that, then they can parlay that into, into a real career, which might be somewhat different than their major so I think that Professor Doe says the right thing. We have to have a realistic connection between the the curriculum and what they're taking and where they're going to school and what their ultimate job trajectory, the end point, is going to be. And I think that that would save a lot of money and 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 not waste so much talent um, over you know, the many years.
1: Mm, I, I won't say, you know, from my perspective, I... I don't know if it's a waste of their talent, if they work at a very grassroots level in rural areas, because I think everything you do or anything that you learn will benefit your life or career in the future. And I think that's also um, the logic behind the country's national plan of, um, you know, encouraging um college graduates to work in villages to help this revitalization drive of rural China. So, Baocheng, do you agree it's a, it's a right strategy or you still think that there is some flaw?
0: Well, let me tell you with a very broad uh, uh, issue. You said, mm. uh, what is civilization? So the pro- progress of civilization is based on division of labor and has specialization. And so that people can really exercise, uh, you know, in a narrow trajectory of what they are best at. So yes, I do agree with you. You know, anything anything you uh, you learn can be uh, can be useful someday. Um, uh, yes, uh, you know, if uh, you are a biologist and then you learn music, that's. Great! That can give you a lot of inspiration. And uh, uh, you know, look at Robert Einstein. He served as a clerk in uh, the patent office, and then you know he was able to to have access to it's many just of hobby. those you know not... technologies, etc. So, but uh, you know whether you know those skills are related. As I said, Peter requisite said you know transferability of professional skills are getting more and more difficult when societies you know, division of labor is getting more and more precise. So you, you learn, you know, uh, how to drive spacecraft. Yes, you can be a taxi driver, but uh, it's a waste. And then it's also the convertibility is not really there. Actually, uh, in New York, they had a sort of a competition, you know, for a normal taxi, uh, New York taxi driver to compete with the, you know, the sports racer, uh, you know, And in the end, it's the taxi driver who is there to win because he knows all the roads, he knows all the uh, where to turn, et cetera. So it's really the specialized skills that really matters and that also pushes social progress. So if everyone, otherwise you can, particularly in China, because we have very clearly defined curriculums. So the, for example, in the United States, you have the general studies. So, for example, Bachelor of General Studies, or even Master of General Studies. So it's more of a self-enrichment in all dimensions, so that you can be a more uh, fully developed one. But in China, you know, even at the beginning of any college degree, you know, uh, from a freshman, you know, you, you have very clear defined ones. You learn marketing, you learn biology, you learn uh, geology, etc. This again makes it even more difficult. Uh, for the transferability of their knowledge and skills to the task that they are not really there to train uh, to be trained for.
1: Hmm. But I bet uh, you know, like Premier Li Chan or some some of of our leadership, they also undertook some um, tasks that they were not intended for or n- not majored in. But then eventually, look where they are now. Um, Chen Xi.
3: Yeah, I, I think we should break the kind of the, the the thinking mindset of academic degrees being equated with corresponding like occupations. We're saying because for the younger generation, for for our generation actually, it's quite different. Because I think this generation is you know open-minded as well as international, as well as innovative and adventurous. So this kind of characteristics or even spirits will help them in their occupation and will help them contribute to no matter what kind of occupation they decided to to to, to take finally of course the the, the first uh, the first work or the first occupation a graduate would take would may not last for a lifelong time nowadays but as long as they made their decision to do something, and then the next step, we should talk about what, how the society and the schools should better prepare them to achieve what they would like to achieve in the future. Speaking of the, you know, uh, the kind of the uh, development or the revitalization of of China's rural area, I think when we are speaking of the revitalization, we're speaking of like two things. The first one is the vitality of the rural area. So like I just mentioned, the the rural areas we are talking about here is not the kind of uh, situation like decades ago, but the rural areas today is full of vitality. So young people with their knowledge as well as innovations, they will contribute to the development of the area and will help the rural area enter into a new phase of its development. At the same time, we're saying about the revitalization, we say the rural area is really of vital importance to our generation as well as to the society. So as the younger generation in this new era, we should use our talents, no matter from which major or what kind of knowledge we have, we have learned um, you know, in school. With this talent and with this knowledge, we should fulfill ourselves in such a vital area, which is also full of vitality as well. But at the same time, we have to admit that there are certain challenges we have to deal with and we have to face. I think the most important one is how should the young people get better prepared and how they can kind of um, prepare for themselves to live in such a new environment, as many of them may be you know, born or raised up in cities. So I think this is the training or information the society and the school should prepare our you know, students was to to enable them to contribute better in their occupation in the future.
1: Yeah, I think we can continue this discussion for quite a long time. But um, in general, I think um, we all point to this target, which is how to make um, full use or better use of uh, human capital resources of our country back to where we started at at the beginning of our chat, college graduates, I think even those with master's and doctoral degrees working at a grassroots level, be it in cities or villages, from my perspective, are definitely a positive force uh, driving China's social progress. And um, before we wrap up today's uh, chat, let me share a phrase written on the fly leaf of the English version of the unbearable lightness of being that's lying under the pillow of uh, a Qingyuefei, you know, the the Yale graduate I mentioned who's been serving as a village um, chief in Hunan for more than a decade already. It goes, we have been confused by the sky for too long and we seem to have forgotten that the earth is where we live and where we will eventually return to. In fact, the heavier the load we carry, the closer our life is to the earth, and the more vivid its meaning. Actually, it's also the responsibilities of the government to come up with more efficient employment channels or jobs for those graduates, so that the society can make full use of their knowledge and what they've learned. In University. And with that, we've come to the end of today's chat. Many thanks to Dr. Liu Baocheng, Director of the Center for International Business Ethics at University of International Business and Economics. David Moser, Associate Professor at Beijing Capital Normal University and Chenxi, PhD candidate at East China Normal University in Shanghai for sharing your stories and views with us. Hope you enjoyed our chat and you can leave a review for us either on the topic or on the show. Please subscribe to the chat lounge for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Tian. Thank you for being with us. Bye for now.